Stampede. Garner is at 211, recorded 12 24 2023. Last week, I proposed a way for how peace could be achieved in the Middle East. It's to buy an equal amount of land to what exists in Israel, from the Sinai Peninsula to build a new Palestine. It would be approximately 9,000 square miles of sparsely populated Egyptian land. Funded by money from America, Israel, and a consortium of international banks. Profits by America's military-industrial companies would be required to contribute to build new housing, new schools, new hospitals, water to irrigate agricultural land, and electricity to light Palestinian cities. It would be an enormous task. A worldwide effort would be needed to alleviate the suffering that's lasted too long. But then again, the Palestinian people might not agree to giving up what they claim is their heritage. My podcasts aren't about recommending nation building, Instead, I try to predict what our future will be. And knowing human nature as I do, I give my proposal a 50-50 chance of succeeding. 
maybe lower, like 30 yes and 70 no. Hatred runs deeply in the Middle East, and the ancient laws of an eye for an eye still exist. Revenge and retribution don't disappear easily, including some that aren't positive. So it's not easy for people to give up what they claim belongs to them. After the defeat of the National Socialist Party in Germany in 1945, the Marshall Plan was started to help rebuild what was destroyed in Western Europe. But memories of 80 years ago, like the firebombing and leveling of the city of Dresden, are rarely ever mentioned. Time erases and people move on. But then again, if the Palestinian people were given a land to build a country of their own, perhaps the desire to drive the Jewish people from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea wouldn't stop. Israel is a stone in the shoe of the Muslim world and won't necessarily be resolved by building a new Palestine out of the desert in the Sinai. I predict the future, and I'll say this, no place is safe on this planet as long as countries continue to produce weapons of mass destruction like nuclear bombs. You want me to tell you everything is going to be all right, but it's not. In truth, it's just more precarious. Thank you.
even if the Palestinian people are given enough land to call their own, the Houthis in Yemen, the Hezbollah in Lebanon, the Iranian guard in Iraq may want to destroy the infidels the country of Israel represents. And let me be clear on this point. America's support for Israel was based on the influence of one thing, and it wasn't democracy. It was oil coming out of the Middle East. After World War II, the vast reserves of oil coming out of the Persian Gulf meant America needed a partner in a hostile environment like what existed in the Islamic world. The disputes between Sunni and Shia Muslims was centuries old. So let's be honest. The support of America for the founding of the country of Israel in 1947 wasn't completely altruistic. It was to assure America had a partner in the Middle East, and America was willing to arm the Jewish people with superior military strength to protect itself and to help defend what was a vital resource to the world, and that resource was oil. America knew the Jewish people would build a democracy with the founding of their country, and that they had suffered greatly by what had taken place in Europe during World War II, but it has always been about oil. Now, that support may change rapidly if it becomes obvious oil is running out in the Middle East. America has been called a paper tiger, and when it gets down to actually taking large military casualties, internal reasons, domestic politics, especially from representatives, senators, and even a president, America will back away. So in the future, if the Middle East is running out of oil, America's support to help Israel in a life-and-death struggle against the Muslim world may be non-existent. Allow me to say this. America's attempting to urgently switch the use of oil in combustible engines to all-electric automobiles or renewable green energy, and it's being done in a matter of a few years. And it's not because of climate change, although that might be a good reason to switch. The real reason is because oil is coming to an end and has all been used up. And when that is realized, a financial collapse will follow.
if you think American politicians are going to tell you the truth when they say everything is all right and our federal government's debt of over $33 trillion isn't going to cause you any pain, well, think again. And guess what? Our politicians and Wall Street sure as hell aren't going to tell you that there isn't much more oil left to come out of the earth. No, they'll deceive you into believing you have to rush out and buy an expensive electric automobile because it'll save the world from a climate crisis. It's true that the climate is changing and it may be from burning fossil fuels. And I agree with that. But if you're so stupid to believe inflation is transitory and buying a seventy or $80,000 electric vehicle instead of a $25,000 vehicle with a combustible engine will stop the climate from changing, well, you've been living a dream. Or should I say, it's a nightmare. Let's guess what will happen if the President of the United States gets behind a desk and addresses the American people and says there's a shortage of oil. And then he holds up a chart showing America consuming 19 million barrels of oil every day. But now we can only produce about four or five to meet our demand. Have you ever seen thousands of gasoline stations shutting down overnight? Or used car lots giving away their late model combustible engine vehicles? Not to mention Wall Street opening down a record number the following morning. Oil is at the center of this country's wealth, and it's been that way for the last century and a half. It may be true it's causing serious damage to the world's climate, but when the American president tells the American people that new oil isn't to be found on Earth and rapidly disappearing, that refineries can't push out enough fuel for your cars or airplanes you like flying in, then you can't imagine the financial pain that will follow. No, you aren't going to be told the truth about that because you'll be sitting on your couch at night watching a football game, wondering if your $5 bet on a game is going to pay off for you. This country isn't safe anymore. The country's bankrupt and will be running out of oil soon.
when the financial collapse occurs in this country, you can't imagine the chaos that'll walk across America. First, the politicians will get in front of the cameras and tell the people to be patient, that we'll be back on track again, but it'll take time. The collapse will come in waves. First, Wall Street will tumble, followed by a record number of bank failures. The military will be rapidly recalled home, closing bases in over 80 countries, resulting with embassies being attacked, followed by riots in every major city in this country. Our currency dropping, its value not even worth the paper it's printed on. Shortages of everything. Prices skyrocketing. The president will go on television nightly to review new plans, talking about restoring order. Vigilantes will round up politicians and summarily execute them. National Guards will be called to restore order, but many in their ranks join the side of the rioters, storming government buildings, looting stores. The government will attempt to have the army patrolling the streets of every city. There will be martial law with curfews. Private armies will spring up overnight and the first sign of a civil war will begin with attacks on U.S. military headquarters, resulting with the taking of armored vehicles like tanks and missile launchers. Hospitals will be overrun with civilian casualties. People will be jumping out of eight-story windows. Businesses and homes set ablaze. A new currency will be issued by the U.S. Treasury, but burned by the public as being worthless. Attacks on power stations will cause blackouts for weeks and maybe months. Migrations of the cities, with people attempting to leave barely carrying their belongings, the collapse of the American economy will bring civil wars that will last for years, and new governments will abandon the Constitution and rewrite a new Constitution, a repressive Constitution with few, if any, rights. Mass killings will be the order of the day and memories when this country was safe will vanish overnight.
Predicting the future isn't easy, and I could be all wrong. That there's still plenty of oil left under the Earth's surface. Ancient oil that was created by a change in the Earth's climate millions of years ago. And burning it today may threaten our own survival. But to stop what's happening by building electric vehicles is just another deceit. It's a rationale to calm people's fears into believing we can return to what was normal. Yeah, I could be wrong about our future, because we're going to get back to normal when we all start driving electric cars. And isn't that the big joke? Normalcy has passed this country long ago. We aren't exploring traveling to the moon and beyond because everything is good and working out on planet Earth. No, we're trying to see if we can escape this planet because things have gotten abnormal. So what if there's still plenty of oil on our planet? But the truth is, things aren't getting back to normal. The lies, the deceit, the wholesale killings, the profits for making war are all part of finding our way back to normalcy. Oh, they'll tell you we need to continue to sell weapons around the world because peace is achieved in strength. They're telling us We've made peace through war and destruction. And after all, isn't that what it's all about? Destroying everything, and that way we can build back, creating new profits. What's wrong with that? Destroying and building, and that'll make us find normalcy. We just need to be more creative with the weapons we build, that way assuring we end up on the right side of what is destroyed. We don't want to upset the apple cart and find out we're the ones being destroyed. You see, I can't tell you what the future is going to be because the truth of the matter is we've become abnormal, and I'm not going to entertain you by making you forget what you've become and how vulnerable we are. Bye.
This week on Garner Isn't You first heard Franz Liszt's music composed in 1847, The Hungarian Rhapsody Number no. 2, then another cut from The Hungarian Rhapsody, followed by Karl Orff's Carmina Barana, O Fortuna. 1936. Next was a cut from Mars, The Bringer of Wars, by Gustav Hulse, composed in 1917, and then a cut from Antonin Dvorak's The New World Symphony, composed in 1893, and then to close another work by Dvorak from his opera Rusalka. Song to the Moon, first performed in 1901. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.